Hello again. Tell you what, I am three podcasts of the day in recording for you guys, hopefully so I can give you more consistent content than I have for the uh, past couple of weeks there. Kind of went silent there. Life gets busy, you know, and it's hard to do other things. So, yeah, all is good. Today, we're going to go over the part two of St. Thomas Aquinas's commentaries on the Gospel of John, and we're going to be going over the fullness of contemplation, especially within the Gospel of John, and the perfection of contemplation. So, without further ado, I'll start a little bit back where we left off last time, and let's get into it. Thus, the contemplation of John was high as regards authority, eternity, dignity, and the incomprehensibility of the word. And John has passed on this contemplation to us and his gospel. John, John's contemplation was also full. Now, contemplation is full when someone is able to consider all the effects of a cause in the cause itself. That is, when he knows not only the essence of the cause, but also its power, according as it can extend out to many things. So, quick pause here. So, to note, you know, as we talk about God, like God is the creator of all things, as we believe as Christians, so you can refer to him as the cause of all things. So, talking here, now we're going to get into some specific language where we're defining boundaries and definitions. So, God being the cause of all things, we learn in the height of contemplation, is understanding really the essence of what the cause is. And then here, talking about fullness, we understand its power or its ability to influence uh, the things around it. Um, so with that in mind, we'll, you know, get back to what we were reading. Of this flowing outward, we read it flows with wisdom like the Pishon and like the Tigris in the days of the new fruits. Sirach chapter 25, verse 35. The river of God is full with water, since the divine wisdom has depth in relation to its knowledge of all things. Psalm 65, verse 9. With you from the beginning is wisdom. Who knows your works? Wisdom, chapter 9, verse 9. Since John the Evangelist was raised up to the contemplation of the nature of the divine word and of his essence, when he says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, he immediately tells us of the power of God, of the power of the word, as it extends to all things, saying, Through him all things came into being. Thus his contemplation was full. And so, after the prophet had said, I saw the Lord seated, he added something about his power, and the whole house was full of his majesty. That is, the whole fullness of things, of the universe, is from the majesty and power of God, through whom all things were made, and by whose light all men coming into this world are enlightened. The earth and its fullness are the Lord's. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. So, pause again. Yeah, this is good. Um, so, here we're getting two parallel, uh, two parallel 
pieces of wisdom from St. Thomas Aquinas. All right, we're getting, okay, the fullness is related to the power, which is, okay, what, how does God affect the things around us? What are the limits? And then we learn from the Gospel of John, uh, the limits of God's power is, well, nothing. He created all things, all things came to be through him. So we learn of God's power, which is he is almighty. Uh, there is nothing that does not have his effect. Like there's nothing that exists in which he cannot affect. And he, so we learn there that, yeah, God is all powerful. Um, and then we see the parallelism with Isaiah, which we're, again, that's going to be our bookmark. And he's saying, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas here is saying that this relates to the majesty in which God fills all things. So here, this is going to be pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So what makes things what they are? And that is God's majesty. When the fullness of creation is filled with God's majesty, it has its identity. So God creates a tree to be, well, a tree, and it exhibits those tree-like qualities. And it exhibiting those tree-like qualities is God's majesty shining forth in nature. So the reason why everything is the way that it is is because God's majesty shines through it. All right, moving back. Contemplation, the contemplation of John, was also perfect. For contemplation is perfect when the one contemplating is led and raised to the heights of the things contemplated. Should he remain at a lower level, then no matter how high the things which he might contemplate, the contemplation would not be perfect. So, in order that it be perfect, it is necessary that it raise and attain the end of the thing contemplated, adhering and assenting by affection and understanding to the truth contemplated. All right, so I'm going to pause here. And I'm going to suggest something. And yeah, okay, a concept theme of this podcast is going to be, hey, like we are Catholic plebs and we're going to give our best, you know, our best idea of what's going on. But at the end, we're just plebs. We're not, we're not bishops. We're not priests. We're not scholars of the faith. So what I'm seeing, um, what I'm seeing here is personal opinion and feel free to disagree with it. But when St. Thomas Aquinas says, yeah, you must attain the ends of the thing contemplated. Well, okay, let's think of God. What is God's ends? Well, God's end, what he exists for, is himself, which apart from any other thing that exists is not selfish. God exists for himself, but what is he? God is love. So God exists for himself, which is love. Therefore, God's end is love. So... One, I would say, is reaching the height and being elevated to the thing contemplated when thinking about God is reaching the end of God, which is love. And yeah, so learning and contemplation should be an act that grows in love. The person that is trying to attain these wisdoms and attain what is being contemplated. So yeah, that is my two cents. Let's go back to what St. Thomas Aquinas is saying. And I do apologize here. It's at the end of the page. So I'm going to flip back and forth to read this. Um, here we go. Job says, do you know the path of the clouds? That is contemplation of the preaching of those preaching, how perfect they are. 
Job chapter 37, verse 16, inasmuch as they adhere firmly by affection and understanding to the contemplating the highest truth. Since John not only taught how Christ Jesus, the Word of God, is God, raised above all things, and how all things were made through him, but also that we are sanctified by him and adhere to him by grace, which he pours out into us. He says below, Of his fullness we all have received indeed grace upon grace. John chapter 1 verse 16. It is therefore apparent that this contemplation is perfect. This perfection is shown in the addition and the thing that and the things that were under him filled the temple for the head of Christ is God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. The things that are under Christ are the sacraments of his humanity through which the faithful are filled with the fullness of grace. In this way, then, the things that were under him filled the temple, i.e., the faithful, who are the holy temple of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. And so far, as through the sacraments of his humanity all the faithful of Christ receive from the fullness of his grace. The contemplation of John was thus full, high, and perfect. Okay, so this was really, honestly, just reading this very kind of hard to grasp because it's, you know, we're talking about contemplation and its perfection raises the thing that is contemplating it and elevates it to what is being contemplated and then we're talking about receiving the sacraments of the church and how that imbues grace upon us. Uh, and after meditating on this, basically what I got from this was uh, there is um, there's a necessity here to rely on the grace of God in order to be able to comprehend them, right? Because earlier on, as we discussed, uh, yeah, the incomprehensibility and the height, we can only attain as much knowledge as the limits that we have. So as we are, we have limits and allowing God to use his, his gifts of the sacraments to give us grace and impart us grace allows us to expand ourselves so that we can receive more. So being able to attain and be elevated is a matter not only of just contemplation itself, but also of being able to receive God's grace, which is most perfectly done through the sacraments of the church. Uh, and that is my best take on that. Maybe somebody has something better. Um, all right, getting back to it. We know, we should note, however, that these three characteristics of contemplation belong to the different sciences in different ways. Hmm. The perfection of contemplation is found in moral sciences, which is concerned with the ultimate end. The fullness of contemplation is possessed by, by natural sciences, which considers things that are proceeding from God. Among the physical sciences, the height of contemplation is found in metaphysics, but the Gospel of John contains all together what the above sciences have in a divided way, and so it is most perfect. In this way, then, from 
what has been said, we can understand the matter of this gospel. For while the one evangelist treats principally of the mysteries of the human humanity of Christ, draw, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to restart that. In this way, then, from what has been said, we can understand the matter of this gospel. For while the other evangelists treat principally of the mysteries of the humanity of Christ, John especially and above all makes known the divinity of Christ in his gospel, as we saw above. Still, he does not ignore the mystery of his humanity. He did this because after other evangelists had written their gospels, heresies had arisen concerning the divinity of Christ, to the effect that Christ was purely and simply a man, as Ibion and Serinthus falsely thought. And so, John the Evangelist, who had drawn the truth about the divinity of the Word from the very fountainhead of the, divin of the divine breast, wrote this gospel as the request at the request of the faithful. And in it, he gives us the doctrine of the divinity of Christ and refutes all heresies. An order of this gospel is clear from the above. For John first shows us the Lord seated on high and lofty throne. When he says below, in the beginning was the word. He shows second how the house was full of his majesty when he says through him all things came into being. Third, he shows how the things that were under him filled the temple when he says the word was made flesh. Okay, stop there for a second. That's pretty good. So first of all, I think it's just pretty cool that Thomas Aquinas points out that like, hey, John rested his head on the chest of our Lord at the Last Supper. And like from that close and intimate relationship and like, yeah, that's where this most superb contemplation comes from. Also, I think that this is pretty brilliant how now, okay, we have learned our mnemonic from Isaiah and now... Thomas Aquinas is pairing it with the beginning of John, which is just so iconic. It's so good. I love it. Uh, and the beginning was the word. And like that shows uh, his high and lofty throne. And then through him, all things came into being, which shows the power of uh, the power of contemplation. And then the word was made flesh, which shows the sacraments in his life. This is just man. And which is how you get the perfection of contemplation. This is just really good. It's, wow, quite amazing. Um, so, yeah, wanted to highlight that. We'll get back to it now. The end of this gospel is also clear, and it is that the faithful become the temple of God and become filled with the majesty of God. And so, John says below, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John chapter 20, 31, verse 31. The matter of this gospel, the knowledge of the divinity of the word, is clear, as well as it ordered an end. As well as its order an end. Then follows the condition of the author, who is 
described above in four ways as to his name, his virtue, his symbol, and his privilege. And that will be our next part three is describing the author himself and talking about the author. So, man, how beautiful is it that the end of this is like, hey, we have come to know the gospel of John through the con- that it is a contemplative gospel. Not that it is only about contemplation, but it also includes this humanity, but it is particularly concerned with contemplation. And thus we have to understand it through its height, through its fullness, and through its perfection. And in its height, we have to know it. And I saw the Lord seated on high and lofty throne. I saw the Lord and his authority seated in his eternity on high and lofty throne in his nobility and in his incomprehensibility as the ways that one, we can understand the essence of God and who he is. Or, and the Gospel of John in the beginning was the Word, like who is God, but he is the Word of God. Uh, and then second, and the house was filled with this majesty, or like what is the power of God, or yeah. And in John, that is, through him all things came into being, that is, God is all-powerful. He created everything. And lastly, of the perfection which is, and the things under him filled the temple. And in John, the word was made flesh, which is how we get the graces of the church. Like Christ came down, became incarnate, incarnate in the flesh, and joined his supernatural nature to our, uh, our dying nature and elevated it so that we can be imbued with graces, which primarily and principally are through the sacraments of the church. So the graces from the church given to us through from Christ enlarges our soul so that we can elevate and attain to the ends of contemplation as its perfection. And all these cool things should lead us to one thing, which is to believe in Jesus that he is the Christ and to believe in the Son of God. So it's like, ah, oh, all these things are great and they're good, but there's the end. The end is God. The end is to understand who God is and to grow in God. And as I suggest here, as, you know, trying to a perfection is attaining the ends of the thing, right? When God is love and his end is himself, so the end is love, then the goal of this is to attain God and have his love within us. So, man, I thought that was pretty good. I thought I did a decent job there. Um, It's difficult to hold a really big book and then also to try to record a podcast while you're holding this giant book above the podcast because you're trying to speak into the microphone. So, man, all the fun things that you just can't see. Um, Yeah. So, thank you, friends. And God bless you. Again, I'll I'll pray for you if you pray for me. (laughs) 